Are you wandering in the wilderness? Or are you a voice in the wilderness? Welcome to the Revival Cry podcast. This is your host, Eric Miller. Isaiah 40 verse 3 says, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The goal of this podcast is to encourage you to use the voice God has given you to make Jesus famous. Every week, we will share principles from the Word of God, interviews, and encouragement in order to strengthen your voice. Thank you for joining me today. And now here is today's podcast. Today, of course, we have this uh, very, very important topic to talk about, and that's how to reach or to achieve vitality, you know? And some people are in doubt. We've talked about it earlier. It's not pancit that's going to give you long life. It's actually you obey your parents. <laughs> and to give us the answer to the question, how does honoring our parents result in long life? We welcome back Pastor Eric Miller. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning. Good to see you all. Yeah, good to see you too, and welcome back. Yeah, it's a oh. blessing to be back in Davao City. Mm. <laughs> so to go directly to that uh, uh, question, how do we, uh, of course, uh, receive this blessing of long life in honoring parents? You know, my parents did not give their heart to the Lord till I was a teenager. Oh, really? Mm. And so I had to give them the benefit of the doubt that they didn't understand mm. biblical principles. And there was no Christianity in my family, as far as I could tell before that. Mm. So when my wife Casey and I got married, and we had our first daughter of five, Sierra, who's now 25, we had no idea what we were doing. Mm. And it frustrated us because me... As a father, mm -hmm. I should lead my home, mm. but I didn't know how to do that. Mm. Mm. And either we would get angry in discipline mm. and not do it at the right time, or we would overlook it mm. and give warning after warning after warning, mm -hmm. which that really doesn't help the child. Because if we want to teach them to honor their parents and have a long life, mm. we have to talk about immediate obedience. Mm. Because if your child's going to cross Buhanging, mm. the road here, and there's lots of jeepneys and buses and motorcycles who aren't going to see a small child running in the road, and you are at a distance from your child... And you see them about to step in a road and you say, stop. If they don't listen right away, there's that one time mm. of not paying attention to the parent's voice could actually be detrimental. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's extremely important that we train our children to hear our voice. Mm. Yes. And to value what we say so that when we say do this or do that mm. it's not because we're trying to control it's because we're trying to train mm. and i think something that i heard uh, a man named larry tomzak once say is that we need to introduce loving correction yes so the foundation is always love we love our children 
But Proverbs tells us that if we don't discipline our children, we hate them. Mm. And that's, that's pretty strong language. But we can understand why. Mm. If we put into the process of them learning how to obey us or honor us, that they should value doing it because as they do it to us, they do it unto the Lord. Mm. We're actually training and preparing them to have a relationship with God. Mm. And that should be our highest goal mm. as parents mm. is to introduce our kids to the Lord, not try to just get them to go make money for the family or to do something that we think is important. But mm. number one, they should know the voice of the Lord. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Mm. So if I know the voice of God as a parent and I'm training my son and daughter how to listen and adhere to scripture, mm. which is the greatest way God speaks to us, mm. then we know that that's going to carry over in their life. And the discipline comes in a way that is not harsh, is not out of the flesh but by the spirit you can discipline your kids in the spirit of god yes not in the flesh which allows them to say okay i know what direction to go in in my life mm. all, everything is is a building block that goes from one step to the next mm. and as parents we have the incredible honor to raise up our sons and daughters to really the goal is not just to honor us it's ultimately to honor him mm -hmm. yeah and in doing that god uses us to mold the lives of our children which to me is the reason why and maybe this is a little off but is the reason why paul gave an outline for qualifications for leadership because if the marriage and the family is not right then it's going to affect the church. Right. And if the church doesn't, you know, people are not taught to honor their parents and love one another above themselves, love your neighbor, then I think we have a problem with what our identity of what church is. Mm. You know, so we, we really get off on these things. If the family's not right, mm. Then and, and I think that this is one of the biggest problems in the church today is that we don't know how to lovingly correct our children. Mm. We don't know how to teach them how to honor their parents because it seems like so much is falling apart around us. And then what church looks like is drastically changing. Mm -hmm. It's trying to satisfy people instead of train them. Yeah. You know, mm. and we can never satisfy people. Only Jesus can do that. Yes. Mm. But we have to lead them to the point of where they see their need for the Lord. And then as they do, Jesus is the most obvious solution. Mm. There is no other solution. Mm. <laughs> you know, it says in Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Mm -hmm. Children are simple. And if we want to help them to make godly decisions, then we have to introduce the law of God, not with like holding a rod of correction over them, mm -hmm. but helping them to see that through our affection and love for them, that when we discipline them, 
it breaks our heart to have to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if I don't do this, as you're young, then when you get older, you will depart from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I I can keep going on these things if you like. (laughs) This is one of my favorite subjects to talk about. Mm -hmm. Parenting. Um, Just to highlight that uh, distinction between control and authority as a parent. I mean, it's a God-given authority to parents to discipline their children. Right. But sometimes uh, children look at that way, uh, look at it that way, that uh, their parents are controlling Mm. and abusing that power to manipulate them. Sure. And then the, some parents also might have a problem understanding that, that uh, they are the parents, so they have control over the lives of their children to the point that they are becoming too manipulative yeah. and uh, to the point that uh, they will dictate what they want their children to become. Mm. Yeah. Um, did you go through that process uh, as you mentioned, your parents were not uh, that helpful. I think initially. my parents were a little bit opposite. They were so free mm. and okay. wanting us just to make our own decisions. Mm. And I think that's part of American culture where we're much more independent there, where right. yeah. one of the things we love about Philippine culture is the family. You know, it's not just about the individual. Right. You have to think of everybody yes. in your home. And that really helped us as a young family, Mm. I think, coming from such an independent culture, Mm. you know, raising our kids here. I mean, all of my kids look at Davao City as their home. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they have a totally different mentality now as they're getting older. We have a 25-year-old, 20-year-old, 18, 15, and almost 13-year-old. And Ah. it's just amazing to see their attitudes um, at these stages of life different from when I was that age. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I think is so important is that parents have to lead as a people of prayer, Mm. a people of the Word of God. You have to be living it. If you're not living it and then you tell somebody to live it, then that's going to be looked upon as hypocritical and cause that child to say, well, you're just being harsh with me. Mm. They would maybe say, you don't even believe this yourself, Mm. even though they may think that. Uh But that becomes very difficult for you to implement Mm. any type of correction. Right. And the other thing is, is that if we are not living it and we don't discipline them when they're young Mm -hmm. then i remember our former pastor john kilpatrick once said that you know you deserve what you put up with Mm. (laughs) and and it it just made a lot of sense at that stage with our daughter sierra because sierra had an incredible strong will Mm -hmm. i mean she was She's assertive. She was the one that Dr. Dobson wrote about, the strong-willed child. Uh She was it. (laughs) And, But the Lord taught us how to lovingly correct and implement those things. One Mm. of the things I started doing with her and Casey as well is we would, as a, like, two-, three-year-old child, three or four, Mm. we would sit her in a chair and say, we're going to teach you how to hear the voice of God. Mm. And she says, okay, daddy, you know, <laughs> she's all ready to go a hundred miles an hour <laughs> and sitting in the chair, 
I said, now all we're going to do is we're going to focus on one scripture. It says, be still and know that I'm God. I'll be exalted in the heavens. I'll be exalted in the mm. nations or the, in the earth and yeah. the nations. And I said, all I want you to do is to just sit still in that chair for 30 seconds. That's it. Okay. And I mean, she'd open her eyes, she'd scratch everything and be moving. She, it was so, exactly. But eventually she sat there for 30 seconds. Mm. One minute, two minutes, five minutes, up to 15 minutes wow. as a three and four year old. And you look at that and you go, most adults have a hard time doing that mm. without looking at their phone or something. Mm. But we found that teaching our kids how to hear the voice of God is really not that difficult because first of all, we believe God's speaking every day, mm-hmm. all day, Yes, all creation. I mean, there's his word. There's so much that God's speaking to us. We just don't know how to be still. Mm. Mm. And being still was part of the loving correction that we had to do. So mm. as we had to implement at times mm. physical discipline, I can't tell you the last time I've had to physically discipline one of my children. It has been so so many years because we did it when they were young mm-hmm. and we've tried our best to live a consistent life of integrity before our kids mm-hmm. that I think that combination and the agreement that Casey and I have walking together has made a massive difference in our children's lives. And mm. all of them love God. Mm. All of them walk in peace, mm. the joy of the Lord and victory. They're not perfect. We're not perfect. Mm. But we've tried to do these things based on what we've learned and what we're, how we're presently walking with the Lord. And now we see our kids making decisions based off of hearing God's voice for themselves. Wow. Mm that is really incredible Mm. now we have one child who's a missionary in japan Mm. the second one is in college finishing up maybe another year she has had radical encounters with the lord within the last several months that have been instrumental in her development our son jonathan um just we just dropped him off at college he's 18 and he's also sensing the Lord in his life, mm. which is satisfying him, even though his family's 8,000 miles away. <laughs> yes. Mm. So it's very encouraging as a parent. Mm. Yeah. I am glad that you mentioned consistency yeah. as the key as parents in terms of disciplining your children, I mean, um, especially when they are still young, because uh, when they grow older, of course, the Bible says that it will be a different case. Right. So uh, start young and then be consistent with that, which is, I think, what lacks our parents nowadays, That especially Christian parents, that they are good for a season, and then when they run out of self-control and uh, patience towards their children, then the dynamics change. Mm -mm. Sure. How do we address that, uh, Pastor? When dynamics change and how to... Yeah, and they fail to maintain that consistency in their integrity as parents. Sure. You know, my favorite scripture verse is Matthew 3, verse 8, and Mm. it's John the Baptist saying, produce fruit while keeping with repentance. Mm. We have a mindset in the church that repentance is a one-time event. Mm. It's really not. It's a lifestyle. Right. And if we want to learn how to produce fruit, Mm. then we need to 
keep taking responsibility. Mm. And it doesn't mean that we have to get saved again every time. Mm-hmm. Right. Unless we're becoming a slave to sin, mm. <laughs> which is where the dangerous side of where am I at really with Lord? You know, did I come to the Lord originally or not? You know, things yeah. like that. But I think if we want to produce the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, self-control, that's important for kids. We have to teach our kids and model it on how to live a lifestyle of repentance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when we would lovingly correct our kids, we would say, look, we never would physically discipline our kids unless they clearly disobeyed what we told them not to do. Mm. So like one time my son, we were in a store in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. They have all these tourist things. Mm. And he grabbed something off the shelf, put it in his pocket, and we walked out. He was five. We were, I mean, he was probably five years old, you Mm. know, very young. Mm. And he said, look at what I got. I said, where'd you get that? I said, Casey, did you get that? No, I didn't get that. He said, I just grabbed it off the shelf. And we're like, oh, my goodness, you know, the missionaries are, are thieves, you know. So we, we turn back around, and I go to the store, and I said, now, look, Jonathan, you're not allowed to take things off the shelf. That's called stealing. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't physically see the need to discipline him. Oh. Right. Because his conscience didn't know that that was wrong. Yes. Mm. And Paul says, I didn't know what sin was except by the law. Mm-hmm. So now that he understood and connected the dots yeah he actually was crying mm-hmm. because he didn't realize that he had done something that was so bad right and we weren't trying to blast him like you know with condemnation guilt and shame mm-hmm. but we wanted to teach him how to repent mm-hmm. uh-huh. so that when the time comes that he's tempted and he does something wrong that is against God's word, his law, mm. he would take responsibility and learn how to produce fruit in his life. Mm. So when we did that, we walked away and I said, I'm so proud of you. Mm. Look at you. And I pat him on the back, gave mm. him a hug and showed great affection. And it's over with. Mm. It, we don't have to carry it on. Yeah. And say, you, well, I'm not even sure if you learned your lesson. Well, if we're leaving that door open, we're only teaching our children to pay attention to condemnation and not conviction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we want them to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, not mm-hmm. the voice of the liar. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love what you said earlier about, you know, when you mentioned that your parents received the Lord late. Right. And um, of course, you now becoming a parent. You don't know where to turn to because you don't have uh, uh, examples sure. to follow. But you went to the Word of God, which of course is full of examples of right. people to follow, and uh, that's where you got the principles of what you're teaching your kids. Yeah. And um, how do you um, encourage parents who are in also in the same situation we're in? They don't know where to turn because you know their parents are not believers. Sure. Mm. But they want to teach and impart to their children biblical principles. Yeah. You know, not everything my parents did, even when they didn't know the Lord was wrong. Mm, of course. There's a lot of great things that they did and that we value and we learned from and we matured from. But 
you know, you've probably heard this before. Some things we just have to eat the meat and spit out the bones. <laughs> and we have to learn what we can take from it yeah. mm. and then go deeper. Mm. And this has become a mark in our lives, in our ministry, that we love to talk about children and you know parenting and marriage and family because we just had to learn so much mm. and and i do want to encourage people that the the number one most important thing is your hunger for god mm. if you're in love with jesus then if we're seeking first his kingdom and righteousness all these things are going to be added to us mm-hmm. this, this is what god can do it's really not all up to us to fix everything yeah but when we lean into him and we trust him, somehow he makes our path straight. Mm. You know, he makes things happen. He, he gives us understanding. Mm. It connects the dots in our own minds and things just begin to happen. I would say the first five years that we were here in the Philippines, we moved here in 2003. I really was struggling with my identity as a husband and a father. Mm. I had had a tremendous breakthrough Mm -hmm. and we were living for the Lord, but those building blocks, you know, I was trying to understand as a, as a godly man, what I was supposed to look like. And I would say the first five years we did all kinds of ministry, but the Lord was really teaching me how to be a husband and a father. Mm. And it was clear one day I I was reading Ephesians 5 and and I felt like the Lord impressed to me that, you know, husbands love your wives as Christ loved a church and gave himself for. I used to quote to my wife, you know, wives submit to your husbands, you know, (laughs) and uh, then I didn't realize that uh, uh, she would do that if I would honor her above myself. Right. (laughs) And, And so I felt like the Lord said, Eric, you have a great love for my bride for my church, for revival. But if you don't learn how to love the woman that I've put in front of you, you'll never have the affections I want you to have for my bride. Mm. And so it's the physical understanding of my relationship with Casey is really the momentum, the passion behind why we talk about revival so much. Mm. Personal revival, revival in the home, revival in the church, revival in the nation. We're, we always talk about revival in the nation, but we never talk about personal revival. Mm-hmm. And w- the more that we're maintaining our personal walk with God, I think it just affects our children, our marriages in such a spectacular way because we're taking ownership and we're, we're valuing who God is, not just what he could do for us. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. This wow. morning's text is very has a very attractive offer mm. when you obey it, you know, um, yeah. ob- honor your father and your mother, and then your days will be long in the land <laughs> yeah. that the Lord your God has given you. Um, this is tempting, you know, for for young people because this is basically addressed to the, the, the youth nowadays. Right. That oh, I would go for that because I want to live long. Yeah. And that's uh, we know a very wrong approach and motivation <laughs> to to obey go, the, the the will of the Lord. How does this look like in a practical situation in your life, Pastor? Are Are you saying the motivation of like disciplining, loving correction, mm-hmm. and how that looks like in my life? Mm-hmm. So, I would say 
at first it was extremely difficult mm. <laughs> because I had to do something I wasn't comfortable in doing. Mm. And then as we continued to do it mm. and agreed together, you know, sometimes one child would put one parent against the other. Ooh. <laughs> right, right. You know, our, our kids were, were crafty, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but then when Casey and I would come to more agreement and maturity together and valuing what each other says, mm. not just one's more important than the other, I think our kids saw that consistency and it brought tremendous peace in our home. Mm. You know, in Psalm 68, I believe it, it says, God sets the lonely into a family. Mm. And I believe family is the greatest method of discipleship mm. for lonely people. Mm. Because the loneliest people in the world are people who don't know Jesus. And a mm. lot of these people have a, an orphan spirit, you know, mm. a, a sense of rejection, abandonment because of sin. Right. It's not that God's abandoned them, that we've abandoned God, mm. and he's trying to bring us back. Jesus was despised and rejected by men. Yeah. So he understands what it means to feel like that. So I think in our home over the years in the Philippines maintaining a life of peace not just for people to look at us and say oh they're great missionaries or great in ministry um we've actually had probably over 30 to 50 people live with us just mm. in our home mm -hmm. whether it be short term or long term for years mm. and we have seen how in our family the little things that we did with our kids and them watching who we are actually discipled people who came out of even more difficult family situations mm -hmm. than we have who are now living with their own successful family mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so that's like at fire school these are some of the things that we tried to implement and talk about all the time mm -hmm. not just in a specific class gauge on it but it's part of our entire culture mm -hmm. of the school we mm -hmm. want people to encounter God, experience God, and then learn how to bring God into everything mm. that they do. Mm. Wonderful. You know? yeah. yeah. Pastor, Amazing. maybe just one question. For those believers who have parents who are not in the Lord, right. and they do want to honor their parents and obey them, but it takes a while. Sure. Sometimes they're frustrated, and for you, yeah. how did you reconcile that? And what do you say to those who are also dealing with that? What was the most, con for you anyway, the most convincing thing that God revealed to you about honoring your parents even though they're not yet in Christ? Well, actually, we all kind of came to Christ at the same time when I was 14. But then my dad, that was my mom, my stepfather. Mm. My dad still doesn't know the Lord. Mm. And that's been challenging over the years. But my dad is not an overbearing person. He's actually kind of the, you know, you do your own thing. Mm. You know, I'll do mine. And and I love my dad. And I'm still praying for him. Mm. Want to see him brought to the Lord. But one of the ways we've dealt with that, which is, see, this is just amazing how God does these things is that at first he thought we were nuts 
<laughs> for moving to Mindanao. What? Mindanao? Don't you know how dangerous it is? And I'm thinking, well, you know, New York City is worse, you know. But anyway, um, our parents, my, my dad specifically, because I'm talking about him, you know, I don't think he understood that. He didn't know the Lord. He didn't have a value for why we should go to Mission Field, although mm. my mom, my stepfather, they were for us. That took a little convincing, but they mm. knew it was the Lord. Mm. My dad didn't have that. And so over the years, we would come back on trips and, you know, one child, two, three, four, five, <laughs> mm. being born and stuff. And he would see this consistency in our kids to the point when – my dad, who I, I'm not sure if it was diabetes, he had these things showing up on his legs, legs. these marks and all ah. these things. So my kids would see it, little kids, and they go, they go, uh, Papa John. They call him Papa John, you know. Mm. They say, Papa John, what's that in your legs? Oh, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. And so they lay hands on. They say, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for healing papa john right uh. now because that's what they see us do you know yes. and and he goes oh, oh you know it just, <laughs> just quiet and then over time seeing us consistently living mm. out this life like we don't mm. go to the left or right we're mm. consistent yes i remember he had a friend whose son committed suicide mm. and i just happened to be visiting him in florida mm. some years ago and he says would you, would you mind speaking to my friend on the phone? Oh. And I said, sure. And we ended up doing it. And, you know, this friend was just so upset and just trying to give them some encouragement and hope. And, mm. you know, and my dad was in the side just weeping, mm -hmm. you know, and my goal is never to just get my dad to church. Mm -hmm. I want him to come to Jesus. Mm. And then church would be awesome yeah mm. but he has gone to church a couple of times over the years mm -hmm. but he's still not coming to the lord but yet there's a sense of conviction there's a sense of watching our lives watching our kids his grandkids are his greatest witness now mm. and them our children learning how to honor us is actually I believe impacting his life, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I think there's great value in being consistent on what we know to do. Mm. And if we're, we're, we're not trying to fix everything and, and figure out how it's all going to happen in the long run, but we leave that up to God. We just keep planting. We keep watering. Mm. Mm. We keep sowing. Mm. Eventually these kids start producing fruit. Yes. Mm. True. And now he's got three grandchildren that are all going to college on full scholarships. Mm -hmm. Wow. All of them have a sense of purpose and destiny and what they're supposed to be doing. They mm. can articulate that. I couldn't do that at that age. I didn't mm. really know. Mm. But I'm looking at it going, our ceiling is becoming our children's floor. Mm. Uh -huh. And that's what we want as parents mm. right i don't want to just give my thing kids more things that i didn't get to have when i was younger i want them to have a greater consistency of knowing the lord mm. at that age of and stage of life that they're at now way beyond what casey and i knew mm. so they can go deeper 
Mm. You know, but it, it's affecting my dad mm. as well, and also other family members who don't know the Lord. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Beautiful. Amazing. Praise the Lord for mm. His works. Pastor, yeah. this has been a meaningful discussion this morning. Amen. Thank you so much for your time. Thank What's you. up for Fire School of Ministry before we wrap up? So we are so excited. We just started. Uh, we have about 15, 16 full-time students that just started this August, a mm. couple weeks ago. Mm. And we have the full-time school. But we have an evangelism training we're going to be doing starting every Saturday um, September 9, 16, 23, and 30th. Mm-hmm. It's 8 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Mm. And it's actually, you're going to be given credit if you go to those. It's a modular class. Mm. I'll be teaching it. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited. We have several people already signed up and would love for more folks to come and inquire. Look at our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we just love to talk about evangelism, how to share our faith. So mm. please come and join us and you can experience that. Mm. Amazing. Wonderful. Yeah. That's Fire School of Ministry on Facebook. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, Pastors, thank you so much for your time. We are glad that you're back. Thank and, you. And uh, yeah. we'll see you again next time. Your Amen. next guesting, you. God willing. Thank you for listening to Revival Cry with Eric Miller. Please subscribe, rate, and write a review for this podcast on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To find out more or partner with our missions work around the world, please visit us at revivalcry.org. I look forward to being with you next week.